Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and whatever you may be, this is Cindy Adams, Madam Adams from the New York Post. I'm in it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I'm on WABC every Sunday from 1 to 2. Listen, Google likes to ask all of these things. One of the things Google asks is, who was 2022's most Googled person on the planet? So you answer, Kanye? Nah, no. Taylor Swift? Uh-uh. The enhanced behind following Kim Kardashian and her behind? Nah. Even Will Smith got slapped down. Number one, his Donaldness. Trump trumped them all. Speaking of Donald, speaks of some countries that savaged their leaders. Sudan, Ivory Coast, Lesotho, Mali, South Korea, Khmer Rouge, Liberia, Pakistan, Brazil, Argentina. Are we the United States of America, land of the free, home of the brave? Are we in this crappy group? The United States of America, greatest land of the free on earth, now burning the flag and taking a knee. We are into such animality and savagery. Let us take heed. This begets, and I'm telling you what, are in trouble, religions in trouble, health help is under investigation, parents are in trouble, jobs are in trouble, decaying cities are in trouble, shopping, trouble, the poor in trouble, the aged trouble. Crushes of immigrants are definitely a trouble. The infrastructure, things breaking down around us, trouble. Rats and roaches on the streets of New York, we are all in trouble. And our citizenry, citizenry we are all now fighting amongst ourselves. Are we not a great country, or what? Let us talk about babbling Biden taking documents. Plus, he and his kin possibly pocketing other bits of paper. Only possibly. How about Hillary? How about hubby Bill's lady friend, Hobby? How about hand-picked investigator Jack Smith, a hardened anti-Trumper whose wife donated to socialist Rashida Tayyib's campaign? 
about stories on the lack of reading ability taught in New York schools, I now add this. A friend's 15-year-old high school son gave his mom a handwritten letter. She said to him, read it yourself. He said, I can't. I don't know how to read cursive. He's 15. Are we a great city or what? Is our system of education great or what? Republicans once controlled New York's Senate, plus sometimes our mayoralty. Today, it's promised pardons to those convicted of sedition. It's condoning Target, Disney, Budweiser sentiments, embracing Gay Pride Week. It's state laws on abortion. It's this party which always stood for keeping government out of private lives. But progressives have taken over. They will raise the debt ceiling, which originally was to assist the government raising funds, not disable it. 1917 was the first debt ceiling. What was it for? It was to help in issuing World War I liberty bonds. Our New York, capital of this entire world, has gone to the political dogs, and so has our country. Donald, look, I am not saying anything about our security system. I am a beloved American, a patriot. But I would like to know what is in our security system. He was there when me, my husband, passed away. He helped me. I was alone. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Donald came in and helped me. I moved with my own money that I had into my new apartment because I couldn't be in the same apartment where my husband passed away. Donald, who was my friend back then, came in with his security team to put in a security system to help to make sure that I could sleep and survive. So, I don't care who you vote for. I, as I say, I'm a great American. I'm a patriot. I'm only saying I do not turn on a friend. I have been there for his multiple marriages. If he's not perfect, the hell with it. Neither am I, nor is anyone else. I simply do not believe in turning my back on someone who was a friend. Wednesday was his birthday. Donald called me. We have, over the years, called one another. He has a telephone, which the number is given only to a few people. He answers it himself, nobody else. We are two longtime friends who know one another a lifetime. I'm going to say again, I'm going to say 35 times, vote for whoever you like. It's your choice. I don't care. I'm only saying why I would be there for him. He has been up. He has also been down.
Listen, a thousand years ago, I was in his big plane. We were flying cross-country. He lived luxuriously. And then I was with him years back in the bad days when he lost it all. Yes, I was right there with him when he lost it all. But he didn't cry. He didn't sulk. If he's not your cup, it's okay. We're all entitled to like who we like. But when he lost it all, I remember getting on a small little junky airplane to go someplace. And remember, I had been with Donald in his big, luxurious airplane. We were now in a tiny little junky airplane. He was crushed into a little seat with three people around. I was sitting in front of him. Did he complain? No. Did he cry? No. We are all entitled to like who we like. But when he hit bottom, I saw him. He didn't cry. He didn't sulk. He carried on. He made it back. So I have to believe with him. He will make it back. I have also to believe in our country. Our country will also make it back. Okay, I have been saying all of these things. I just want to talk about a whole lot of stuff. I want to talk about a repeat story that American females knowingly schlep to far-off exo exotic places, itching to meet the cashier of their dreams. I am now switching topics. I am not talking about dumbass Harry the Prince, who was wed to Mimi Megan, who is suing everyone this side of Bulgaria. What the hell is it with this country? We don't have enough problems. We have idiots like this coming over to use our country. A repeat story that I want to tell you is that certain American females knowingly schlep to far-off exotic places. They are itching to meet the cashier of their dreams. Do I know that? You bet you're behind. I know that. I've been there when they've done it. And once they go there, they invoke whatever private parts they have to grab some nothing princeling. It's actually a B-movie. Here's a story that I never told. A lifetime ago, I flew a one-engine kite from Calcutta to Bagdogra. That's a clearing that serviced northern India's minuscule Mongolian kingdom, Sikkim. I was then going to meet its then first lady, an American. Her name was Hope Cook, a Yank out of Seal Harbor, Maine, by way of Sarah Lawrence. She had met this prince of a guy on some visit to Darjeeling, where, instead of tea, she got him. It's just like me, 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 Megan did it to the idiot Prince Harry. Eight hours later, this plane of mine, this tiny plane that I was on, where I might add the pilot was barefoot, we chugged into Gangtok 
This was the time I came to see the American who had become the queen of Gangtok. This was a vertical kingdom betwixt India and Tibet. I was schlepping 5,500 feet up the Himalayas. Halfway, my mud-logged chariot, when I arrived, got stuck on the dirt highway. A clearly super-high-class VIP guest like me, on my way to see the American Queen, I got locked in some crappy swamp. This place was ruled once by the mighty Khans. Sikkim is 200,000 square miles. It's sheep, it's goats, it's elephants. Oxen have the right of way. Huts are houses. The nearest technology is in Rhode Island. Women have nose rings and they tote burdens atop their heads. This is what, like me, me, Megan did. She had gone, this American girl, to a small little country to find a guy. She did. She found a prince, just like me, me, Megan did. So I go to Gangtok. The palace, it was high on a crest. It was salmon-colored, emerald lawns. Servants approached on their knees. Somewhere in the background, I did see a parked Mercedes. Flags were flying, a private chapel, uniformed adjutants, military guard corps, aides-de-camp aiding everywhere. Her visitors, the Queen's visitor's book, had the name Angie Dickinson in it. She was referred to as Gyalmo, which means queen. Chogyal meant king. Listen, it beats living in Forest Hills. She said to me, I have Sikkimese citizenship. Yeah? Okay. She said, I have renounced my American citizenship. Yeah? Okay. But she says, this lousy little queen, I return every two years to visit. Sure. Lots of luck. So, now, where is she now, where will me, 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 Megan be one day? Where she is now, the queen in Sikkim, back here. Minus servants who are not on their knees. She is in the United States, back here of God Bless America, and unwilling to receive any of us, including we commoners who knew her when. Hey, listen. Once a temp, semi-queen, always a temp, semi-queen. And while I was there in her queenly place, she served lunch. It was some noodle something on a hand-carved table by a barefoot servant. Over my noodle, she told me, my people are not striving. Okay. And then this New Englander explained, I was only to dress her as your majesty. Yeah, like this broad out in California wants to be called your duchessness. This queen told me back then, we grow flowers here. We play music. We have sycamores have their own money. Not much, but they have it. Most have their own plot of ground, their own animals. 
and she says, I'd like to export to the United States our Sikkimese relaxedness, our sense of peace. We are not progressive. We are not striving. Yeah. Okay. Great idea. And may this Guillermo start again in Bushwick, because where do you think she is now? Back here. She, in 63, had wed Palden Tandup Namgyal. That was the country's 12th king. This monarchy began in the 1600s, but the marriage ended in 73. The country is now India's 22nd state. I don't know what's going to happen to me, me, Megan. I only know she buzzed off her father. She knocked off her best friend. She junked up an entire country. She is now looking for another big deal to make on television. And what she wants to do, this extra who had been on television and went to find a husband, which she did, she wants to run for public office. I simply can't wait. If we don't have Donald, we can always have Megan. And right now, if you will excuse me, I am about to go to a station break. But you can't get rid of me. I will be back in a couple of seconds. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. I am about to speak to the famous Alan Dershowitz. Every 20 minutes he has a book out. Right now, this week, it's Get Trump, and it's on Amazon. We're going to speak about Donald, but there's so many things I want to ask about Alan Dershowitz because he's been called the most famous lawyer in America probably in the world. Let me start with the first thing. Do you remember your first case? Oh, yeah. Who, who ever forgets their first lover or their first case? Uh, I do remember my first case with great distinction. It caused a great rift with my family. I defended um, Meyer Kahana and the Jewish Defense League in a murder case, oh, yeah. and I yeah. won. And my family, who hated Meyer Kahana, and my friends were furious at me. So my career started with a bang, uh, that, that first case. The kid who was charged with the murder grew up in my neighborhood in Borough Park in Brooklyn. And he had no money. I defended him free. And I won the case and became a big hero in the right-wing Jewish community, uh, the Jewish Defense League. But most moderate Jews uh, hated me for defending this uh, violent organization. But that was, that was the beginning of my career. Can a lawyer, even one as famous and great as you, can you actually believe 
all your clients? No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, the vast majority of people charged with crime in America are, are guilty of something. You know, thank God for that. Would we want to live in a country <laughs> where the majority of people were innocent? That's Iran, no. that's China, okay. that's okay. Cuba, but that's not America. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you go to bed at night knowing you are working for somebody who's really a not nice person? Well, I think the same way that a doctor goes to bed at night knowing they've just saved the life of somebody who's going to go out and do terrible things. Um, you have a particular job to do, and it's to support the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution, which requires that everybody get a good defense. You know, you tend to, when you get a case, you find something positive about the person. Maybe it's the person's wife. Maybe it's his children. Um, maybe he was brought up uh, in a difficult way. You try to find something nice and decent. But the one thing you don't ever do is lie to a court. You never say the person is innocent when you know he's guilty. You never put him on the witness stand and allow him to lie. Uh, you challenge the government's evidence. You cross-examine witnesses. You try to suppress evidence that's seized illegally. For example, in the Jewish Defense League case that I mentioned, we discovered that they uh, had a, a, a wiretap that was illegal, and that was the reason we won the case. But uh, then they had a party celebrating it, and I refused to go to the party. I said, I'm not celebrating. <laughs> There's a dead woman here, and somebody's responsible. I'll celebrate the Constitution, but I won't celebrate my defendants. So I've defended some of the worst people in the world and some of the best people in the world. It's, it's always a mix. Okay, I got so many questions before we get to everything about Donald that everybody wants to hear from you, but I just can't stop the things I want to ask. Why are all college professors leftists? Well, I would say most are, not all. Um, I mean, I'm somebody who inclines more left than right, uh, but I'm a centrist, basically. But most of my colleagues were, were people of, of the left, some of them of the hard left, some of them of the intolerable hard left, uh, intolerant hard left and intolerable both. Um, I don't know why it is that way, but it is. I mean, I think 90 percent of academics vote Democrat. Uh, that doesn't mean you're a leftist. It means maybe, you know, you don't like the right, but you don't have to be a member of the left. But... Today, the left is using universities as propaganda vehicles. And, you know, for 50 years I taught at Harvard, I never, ever expressed a personal view in the classroom. My job was not to teach the students what to think, but how to think. And so I always acted as the devil's advocate and always presented all sides of every question because I didn't want to use my class to propagandize, but too many professors do. Well, that's a very interesting answer. That takes another hour and a half, and we don't have that. But, <laughs> but that's when, when you get a few minutes, we're going to go further. You know, when you look at the, look at some of the university in New York, uh, City University of New York Law School, the faculty, the entire I know, I know, I know, I know. Votes unanimously to boycott Israel. I know, I know. Job. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand that. That's another hour, and you don't have two hours to give me, but that's another hour. Okay. I, I came up against you 
a thousand years ago when I was 11 years old, back in Klaus von Bülow. I was on that case. And I was also on OJ. Get me to OJ. Can you tell me in 10 minutes why he got off? Yeah, very easy. Uh, We didn't win that case. The prosecution lost the case. They did everything wrong. They put the wrong lawyers on the case. They picked purposely a woman and an African-American, neither of whom was particularly qualified to try a very scientific case involving uh, DNA evidence. Uh, And then they put Furman on the witness stand, and they put an officer named Van Adder who, who planted some evidence. He planted blood because he knew that O.J. Simpson was guilty, but he thought that the real evidence against him, the glove, would be kept out uh, because it was a product of an illegal search and seizure. So Van Adder helped improve the case by taking O.J. Simpson's sock and pouring the blood. Ah, 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 ah. The caught him. So, you know, we didn't win the case. They lost it. That's very interesting. That's another hour and a half broadcast that we have to do. That's Okay. Did you ever believe Weinstein would get where he is today? You know, I met him a long, long time ago. Uh, He asked me to represent him in an early case involving the Motion Picture Association of America, a rating. And so I defended him. I didn't know anything about his personal life or about his uh, uh, sex life. And uh, I was as shocked as everybody else when these allegations uh, came out. Um, I did uh, consult with his legal team, Arthur Idala, who's a great, yeah. great lawyer, yeah. represented him and asked me for some advice and consultation. So I did. I can, I'll consult with anybody on any constitutional <laughs> issue, regardless yeah. of how bad or good the defendant is. And that case is still pending now on, on appeal. Did you ever, in all of your years, because you're the most famous lawyer probably in the world, did you ever screw up a case? <laughs> I hope not. I sure hope not. It would. Uh, that's when I would lose really, really, not only a night's sleep, but a month's sleep. If I ever felt that a person was in jail because of my screw-up, it, it would just be inexcusable to me. I worked so hard to avoid that, and uh, no, I, I don't think I ever screwed up a case. Fortunately, you know, I've had like 35 murder cases, homicide cases, oh, cases God. related oh. to death, life and death. And I've won nearly all of them. And, uh, you know, I've been I've been proud of that. Uh, I, in fact, I have another book that I just came out with called Death, How the Supreme Court Decides Who Lives and Who Dies, How Courts Decide Who Lives and Who Dies. And it deals a lot with the death penalty and and my cases involving the death penalty. It also deals with abortion and with assisted suicide, all the, the, the difficult questions of life and death. But, no, I don't think I've ever screwed up a case. Maybe I have, but uh, I'm not aware of it. Okay. So on Wednesday, I get a call from my longtime forever friend, Donald. I don't care about who's voting for who. This is not my issue. I just am someone who is loyal to a friend I've known for a hundred years. Tell me about Donald. <laughs> well, he called me. I remember the first time he called me. I was in in Chilmark, Massachusetts, and I get a phone call. Hey, Alan, it's Donald. And my first inclination was to say, 
Donald Who. Oh, great. Really it, good. It was, yeah. It was, it was clear from his voice. And, um, you know, he, he wanted me to help him. And uh, I decided, and I was right, that the first impeachment against him was unconstitutional. Remember, the Constitution says you have to commit treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. He wasn't impeached for that. He was impeached because the Congress didn't like the fact that he wasn't cooperative with them. And so we won that case, and it made me so many enemies. Um, I've been banned from the local library. My books were banned in the local library, banned from my local synagogue, banned from my community center, friends for years wouldn't talk to me. You know, I defended all these other people over the years, even Jeffrey Epstein. That didn't cause any problems. But defending Donald Trump lost half of my friends. Um, do you believe that the charges against Donald are justified, legitimate? Are they all part or are they all part of a political hit job? Well, a little of both. Uh, there's no question that there's an effort to get Trump. Um, the I think York they'll Times be. A I think they'll be after him until he's dead. That's what I oh, believe. No question about that, or at least until he agrees not to run uh, for president. The New York case is the worst case I've ever seen in sixty years of practicing law. There's nothing to the New York case. Nothing under the law. Nothing under the facts. Florida case is somewhat stronger because of one thing. You know, there's people I know have this hung in their house: a stuffed fish on a plaque, and the plaque says. I'd still be swimming if I only kept my mouth shut. And that's <laughs> Trump's problem. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest yeah. issue yeah. is he made that statement that's recorded by his own staff in which you hear papers rustling. And he says, I could have declassified this when I was president. I can't now. So that constitutes an admission that he had in his hand a classified piece of paper that he did not declassify. Now, maybe he was puffing. Maybe he didn't have in his hand a piece of paper. Nobody has the paper. It's not in evidence. But that is the strongest piece of evidence against him. So it's a combination of uh, get Trump, very weak cases, and this one piece of evidence, perhaps one or two other pieces of evidence. But, you know, if you search hard enough, you can find evidence against anybody. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Everybody stole something, a magazine somewhere at, at a newsstand. No, no, absolutely. Everybody lies a little bit anyway. So, but what are exactly the major charges, the actual charge against Donald? Okay, let's start with what's not the charge. Okay. The statute is called the espionage statute, and there's nothing about espionage in the case. Um, there's nothing in the indictment about espionage. Nobody claims that he sold secrets or gave secrets to Putin or anybody else. So it's a classified paper case. And uh, the question is, would you go after a man running for president against the current leader of the Democratic Party by having Republicans indict him on a paper case? You know, it's the whataboutism argument. Well, what about Hillary Clinton? What about uh, Joe Biden? What about uh, Pence? What about uh, 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 some other people who had classified material in their possession? So the question is really a question of equal protection and a question of gotcha. Did they really go after him and finally, finally find something that they can pin on him? That's the. Wouldn't you the say that that's the case? I do. I think that's the case. And yeah, I so do that, I. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either that or they'll find he didn't change his socks every morning. It doesn't make any difference. They were going to get him. That's my my particular belief. What can we expect moving forward? I mean, I'm asking childlike questions because who the hell knows? Who the hell knows these answers? Look, the reason you have been so great for so many years as a questioner is you ask the kind of questions that people at home ask in their own mind or their own family or over the dinner table. So your questions are great. Um, I think the New York trial will come first, and I think he'll probably uh, be ultimately acquitted and vindicated in that case. We're not positive. And then we'll see when the Florida case comes. <laughs> the DA, the prosecuting attorney, wants to make the case happen before the election. Um, Trump's people probably want to postpone it until after the election. And that will be the key point. I mean, there's no good time to try this case, because if you try it a year from now, it'll be just before the, you know, the conventions. If you try it um, 14 months from now, it'll be right before the election. Um, If you wait until after the election, it'll become an issue in the election. So, you know, that's why you should... I say have to meet what I call the Richard Nixon standard before you indict a former president who's now running for president again. The Richard Nixon standard is, you know, he bribed witnesses, he destroyed evidence, and Republicans as well as Democrats told him that he had to resign. We don't see that in this case. So I I think this case does in some way interfere with the election. Okay, I got eight million things more things I want to ask you, but sideways, sideways, sideways. My loathing for Biden, who can't even find the men's room to pee in correctly. How is it possible that with his son, Hunter, and the rest of the family, this keeps getting slid along and we're all out to kill Donald? Can you explain this to me? I can't because it's a denial of equal protection. You know, the case against Hunter Biden is, uh, from everything I've seen, considerably stronger um, than the case against Donald Trump. And yet we haven't seen movement on that case. There's been a special prosecutor appointed. Where is he? There's been a special prosecutor appointed in the Joe Biden case as well. Uh, You know, there's all this evidence out there. I want to know whether it's true. I don't believe allegations that I read about in the press. But, you know, when they say there are tape recordings that prove that the Bidens took money, I don't believe it myself, but I'd like to see what evidence. Why don't you believe it yourself? Why don't you believe it yourself? I believe it. Joe Biden. I've known Joe Biden since 1980. I worked with him on the Ted Kennedy campaign of 1980. And he just doesn't strike me as a person who would who would do that? But, you know, people, people, you never know what people will do. I want to see the evidence. I want to see the facts. I don't want to jump to conclusions. Everybody should be presumed innocent until there's enough. Oh, evidence. I've heard that phrase before. Yeah. Don't give me that yeah. phrase. I know about that it's phrase. phrase. Why it's don't people phrase. go to the state of Delaware? Why don't they scratch around? There's a great deal to be found when you scratch around Delaware. Oh, I agree with you. Delaware is one of the most corrupt states in the union. Let's well, so? So? Their judicial system is utterly corrupt. What they do is they appoint judges who then go back to practice, and 
um, favor people who are local. I've had a few cases there. It's it's an outrage. Uh, Delaware is uh, not a state whose justice system can be uh, trusted to do equal justice. So there has to be some sniffing around. I hope there is. And, you know, let's get to the truth on all sides. Nothing, nothing should be kept from the public. That's why Trump's trial should be televised. What do they have to hide? Why don't they want the trial televised? Why not let everybody see all the evidence and make their own judgment instead of reading it through the prism of biased, uh, uh, radical reporters who hate Trump? And you can't get the straight poop about what is actually happening by listening to CNBC or CNN. You have to see it with your own eyes. So I think everybody, whether you're Republican or Democrat, pro-Trump or anti-Trump, ought to be in favor of televising the Trump case. It doesn't matter what they put forward. They'll put forward what they want to put forward, and the public only gets what they want to put forward. What can we expect moving forward, Alan? Well, I think we can expect a series of trials. We know we're going to get at least two of them, one in New York and one in Florida. We may get one in D.C. We may get one in Fulton County, Georgia. And we're going to see the entire election season occupied by uh, trials of a person who's running for president against the incumbent. And that's just not the American way. I am not a Trump supporter politically. I voted against him. And I have a constitutional right to vote against him for the third time, just as you have a constitutional right to vote for him or for anyone else. And that right shouldn't be denied by bureaucrats, politicians, prosecutors, judges or jurors. We should have the right to vote on the economy, on foreign policy, on all the important issues that affect Americans not on whether classified material was taken home or not. Is it possible? I mean, I know it's possible, but I want to hear your voice for Donald to run for office while on trial? There's nothing against it? George Washington never wrote anything against it? No, no. Uh, In fact, uh, in the the uh, early 20s, somebody ran for president while in prison, Eugene V. Debs, the head of the Socialist Party, and Mayor Curley, I think, served as mayor of, of Boston while he was in jail. There's nothing in the Constitution that in any way restricts President Trump from running for re-election, no matter what happens in the criminal case. Of course, it may affect whether he gets elected. It's probably these indictments are probably strengthening his position among Republicans to get the the nomination. But we don't know what the impact would be on a general election. Um, If you were still with Donald during this case... What would you advise him? First, I'd advise him to speak less. Uh, (laughs) I understand that. To to try to get a really good team of lawyers. It's very hard to get a good team of lawyers because there's this group called Project 65, a bunch of McCarthyite, hard-left, radical zealots who have threatened any lawyer who represents Trump that they'll file bar complaints against him. And so I offered to defend any lawyer who was subject to Project 65's bar complaint. So what do you think they did? They filed the bar complaint against me. Now, I'm not going to be intimidated by that, but I can tell you lots of lawyers have been intimidated by these threats. And that's the most un-American thing you can do, threaten lawyers 
and threaten their living if they defend somebody you don't like. But that's what's going on with Project 65. So the first thing I would do is complain about that. Second, I would make a motion not to let the word espionage be used in the courtroom because there's no charges of espionage, but it's a very, very politically loaded word. It reminds you of the Rosenbergs. It reminds you of, you know, people who have actually sold secrets or given secrets to our enemies. None of that is alleged here. So I would do that. And then I would put together the best possible legal team. Um, I wish he would hire Arthur Idala. He would be a great, great lawyer to represent him. Right and now, Idala. Right lawyer. now, Idala has a public relations guy, so his he's in the papers every day. That does not give me confidence about a lawyer who has a PR guy a every day. Okay, well, I've so never that's had something. A PR guy. Well, this yachts does. Guy, but uh, but I, I but I I think Arthur and Imran and his whole group are very very first rate lawyers. They have two judges, two former judges in the firm too, but you know just. He has to get a first-rate legal team. This is one of the most important cases in the history of our judiciary, you know, since the trial of Aaron Burr in 1800-whatever-six. And so I hope that he manages to get the best possible legal team to defend him. You know, when I was brought in to for the Nuremberg, the history of the Nuremberg, uh, many years ago, I was there, and I was told at that time, sitting in that courtroom, that when Hitler first took over the system of law, that was what began everything that happened with the Nazis. So once you fuss with the law, honey, you are really fussing with your life. Is that not so? Well, what's happening to law? What is happening to our justice system? What is happening to our FBI? What is happening to our nonsense Biden, who has also got documents being hidden? Can you tell me that? Well, well, you're right about Nuremberg. You know, my mentor, Telford Taylor, was the chief uh, prosecutor at Nuremberg for a period of time. And uh, Telford and I have discussed um, uh, Nuremberg over and over again. And you're right. It was the judge's trial and the lawyer's trial. Yes, that was one of I the know that. I know that. Because, right. And when we see justice corrupted, we lose our rights under the Constitution. And so... We have to have a single standard of justice. You know, Jack Smith said we have one rule of law under for everybody, but that wasn't his job. His job was not to investigate generally who had problems with classified material. His task was to pin it on one person, Donald yes. Trump. He was yes. only assigned to prosecute one person, and if he didn't do it, he would have failed in his job. So I don't like special counsel that are assigned people who have targets on their back. Well, I, I, I agree with you, and I just don't understand if, if what is happening to my country. I don't understand yeah. the FBI. I don't understand the justice system. I don't understand what's unfair about us. I un- don't understand why everybody is out just to kill Donald off. I don't understand that. There must be something either I am very dumb or you can give me an answer. Well, you're very smart and you have asked all the right questions. And it's not me who has to give you the answer. It's the American system of justice that has to give you the answer. Because I have some of the same questions that you have. And neither of us are dumb. We're asking the right questions. And we should always ask questions about the criminal justice system. 
even if it gets us in trouble with some of our friends, as it has in my case, or with bar associations who are now joining with Project 65 in uh, opening investigations. So we have to fight back. I'm going to fight back, even though I'm almost 85 years old. Fortunately, the good Lord has given me enough energy, as he's given you enough energy, to continue to fight back, uh, even in our 80s and 90s. And uh, it's, it's tragedy that we need people like us, who should be just living out our golden years, enjoying our family, that we have to fight back. Because so many young people are not fighting back. They're joining with the kind of left-wing McCarthyism that has become pervasive in parts of America, particularly academia. Okay. The only problem with Alan Dershowitz is you're so boring to talk to. That's well, the real thing. I, I help people go to sleep. But that, that's good. You know? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I love you. Thank you, Alan. Thank Thanks you. for Thank talking you. to Keep me. doing the great things. Right. Thanks, honey. Bye. Bye. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. A name you know who's in the know. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. It's me. I'm back. I have just two minutes to breathe before they throw me off this station, at least off this program. I'm sort of sorry because I love this station. I love talking to you. I love this radio show I have. I also love that you need to get someone else maybe to listen to, even if they wouldn't be as charming as I am. And I want to explain to you, do not be angry with me if I stand up for an old friend, Donald Trump. He was there for me. I can never forget anyone who was there for me. There have been times in everyone's life when things aren't good, when they go down, when they need a friend. I remember when I needed a friend. My husband had just passed away. I had just moved. I was moving everything all by myself. I was alone. Things were not good. And he came in to help me. If you don't like Donald, it's your choice. If you don't want to vote for him, it's your choice. That's the greatness of being in the United States of America. There is no other country on earth. I understand if you don't like him and you don't want to vote for him. That's your choice. You must also understand that there are some of us who don't like the way the justice system is railroading someone. If he done bad, he done bad. Slap his hand. I am sure that if we went back in history, maybe Jefferson took a paper away. Maybe Calvin, whatever his name is, he took a paper away. Whatever the hell they did. He's not perfect. You don't want him. That's your choice. Thank God we live in the United States of America. And thank God, whether you like it or not, you're going to get me back again next week at the same time. Thank you. Even if you don't love me, I love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC.